Hello and welcome to this week's Reorg Europe podcast. My name is Sean Qureshi and I'm a legal analyst in Reorg's London office. This week I'm joined by reporter Conor Naval and senior analyst Ben Kovachka and we will be discussing Bartek's expected covenant breach and also be looking at Noble Group six months after its restructuring. So, Conor, Bartek is back. Can you talk us through the situation? Of course. Bartek has been gearing up for negotiations with lenders over an expected covenant breach. The company is widely expected to miss the real EBITDA tests that were incorporated into its loan covenants during its last restructuring back in 2017. As a result, its loans are currently quoted around 60. Bartek's EBITDA is stable but not growing. The company has met the covenant test for the first quarter. However, following a lenders meeting on Monday, all parties have agreed to a waiver for an event of default. Under the terms of its debt covenants, the group must achieve 10 million euros in a bit per quarter or 40 million euros on an LTM basis until 2020, when its obligations will increase to 45 million for the year and then again to 50 million uh, from 2022. The company also has minimum liquidity covenants set at 20 million euros. Okay, so how does the company plan to solve this? How could the covenant breach be cured? Under the loan documentation, a breach of the EBITDA covenant could be cured after 15 days with an equity injection. Um, We reported that Bartek is in discussions with its private equity sponsor, Charterhouse, about potential cures, but uh, will likely open negotiations with lenders first. Um, This is exactly what's happened in the end. Um, In the past few weeks, Bartek has appointed Hulihan Loki and Freshfields, and so far the lenders have hired Kirkland and Ellis as legal advisors prior to a lenders meeting that happened this week. Okay, great. So are there any parallels with the last restructuring? Yes, quite a few. Um, Many of the financial and legal advisors are the same as the last time round. The main difference is the composition of the creditors' holdings. Bartek has a small syndicate of lenders who are happy holders of the debt. They include Delft, EQT Credit, um, Alchemy, ID Investor and Partners Group. Uh, And since the restructuring, Avenue Capital has also bought into the debt. Until recently, Delph had around a third of Bartek's debt, which gave them a blocking power. However, under provisions agreed with the other lenders as part of the previous restructuring, Delph agreed to sell enough debt to remove this blocking power. And this happened in the past month or so. Great. So what was the outcome of the 2017 restructuring? So Delph's large stake in 2017 was instrumental to getting the deal through. Um, Charterhouse provided the company with 50 million euros in equity and agreed to contribute as much as 20 million euros uh, to exercise the put-call option for Bartek's purchase of Top Group, an Italian company. The plan also established the quarterly EBITDA tests that the company would likely breach this year. Okay, so what would you say is next for Bartek? Um, following the lenders' meeting that happened on Monday, uh, when the covenant waiver was agreed, Charterhouse presented lenders with two proposals. The first involves... Uh, Mirian Technologies, which is one of Charterhouse's portfolio companies, um, acquiring Bartek along with an equity injection from Charterhouse. The second proposal would involve the lenders putting in a new senior secured facility, uh, equitizing the debt and taking over the company. Bartek has a new money need of around 10 million euros to the end of July, but a full deal is expected before the end of the year. Thanks, Connor. Ben, we spoke in detail about Noble Group during its restructuring late last year. Can you quickly catch us up on the situation? Hey, yeah, sure, Shan. So uh, the restructuring essentially carved Noble into uh, two main vehicles. There's the so-called Tradeco and Assetco, with the former continuing the trading legacy, 
while the latter inherited some of Noble's investments and assets. Quickly looking at Tradeco first. So the focus of uh, New Noble is energy and metals, primarily in Asia. The company is now much more asset light given some of the main assets, uh, the hard assets were moved to the Asset Co. And uh, uh, it is currently in the process of ramping up its volumes. So the Trade Co. in the first quarter delivered uh, 11.2 million tons or 44.8 million on an annualized basis. So this compares to a run rate guidance of uh, around 75 million to 85 million tons. So there is definitely you know, some more room uh, to catch up, though management noted that this is, uh, it is going to ramp up volumes over the next three to six months. So this is definitely something to watch. Uh, so uh, on the first uh, quarter call, management said uh, that peers, uh, which had taken uh, market share from Noble, are also now uh, you know, starting to scale back from some opportunities that Noble uh, is also focused on capturing uh, market share there. And um, last thing of note following the first quarter earnings uh, post restructuring is that uh, the trading company posted a very high gross margin. Uh, this was at 8.8% in the first quarter. But um, the management said that uh, this is due to normalize as ramp up continues and uh, probably uh, tighten closer to historic levels and levels of the peers. Okay, so that's the trade co. How about the asset co side? What's the story there? Right. So on the asset co side, um, so um, this is uh, there are assets in in this vehicle and they are due to be monetized. And against them, uh, there is seven hundred million dollar ten percent pick coupon bond, and uh, further two hundred million of preference shares, of which ninety percent uh, flows to to the creditor SPV, and ten percent of uh, them are held by New Noble. So of the seven hundred million bonds, there are three tranches. A1, A2, and B. Uh, there is a 50.6 million A1 tranche uh, bonds, uh, which went to satisfy ING claims, and these are to be repaid first. Then there are 61.8 million A2 tranche bonds, uh, which covered Deutsches excluded existing senior claims, uh, and uh, this tranche is to be repaid second. And then following that, there is a 587.7 million uh, tranche B. Uh, so the assets in the asset core originally uh, comprised a stake in Jamalco, a stake in Harbor, Noble Plantations, five vessels. But there is also a loan from CAP, the JV partner in Jamalco, and an offtake contract also related to Jamalco. So there has been quite a lot of movement this year across the assets in the asset core. Uh, the company announced uh, the sale of plantation assets for 67 million, as well as uh, one of the five vessels for net proceeds of $12.9 million. The remaining vessels are booked as held for sale, and the company was projecting to realize about $90 million between the five of them. Furthermore, Crisor, uh, which is a North Sea EMP company owned by Harbor, announced in April a $2.675 billion uh, debt and balance sheet cash-funded acquisition of ConocoPhillips assets in the North Sea, which would see Crisor become the largest North Sea EMP uh, player. The Conoco deal was the second large acquisition uh, of oil major assets contacted by Crisor, following tw uh, 2017 $3.8 billion uh, purchase of Shell's UK North Sea assets. So pro forma, including the purchased Conoco assets, the company is expecting to increase 2019 production to 185,000 uh, uh, barrels of equivalent per day, with 2P reserves at 600 million barrels of equivalent as of January 2019. Overall, Noble has 11% economic interest in Crisor, and this is without going into the intricacies uh, of the structure because it gets quite complex. So lastly, there is Jamalco. 
Um, this is a 1.425 million ton a year capacity alumina refinery, which is also integrated with bauxite production. Uh, it, is, uh, it is essentially a 55-45 unincorporated joint venture with CAP, an entity owned by the government of Jamaica. And uh, Noble and Jamaica are currently working on incorporating this vehicle. So beyond Noble's equity stake in Jamalco, the company uh, also had a 132 million long-term uh, loan receivable from CAP, which again is the joint venture partner as of the first quarter. So for background uh, on this loan receivable, in June 2013, CAP and Noble Resources uh, Limited entered into an alumina sales agreement, pursuant to which CAP agreed to supply, sell, and deliver not less than 3.375 uh, million and up to 6.075 million tons uh, of alumina to Noble over a 12-year period. In consideration for the alumina delivered, Noble and CAP entered a secured prepayment facility agreement on June 17, 2013, in the amount of 120 million, subject to the successful completion of the constant solicitation and exchange offer of CAP's 2021 notes for Jamaica's notes. As part of the agreement, uh, Noble would take a security interest over CAP's 45% uh, membership interest in Jamalco Joint Venture. So, um, all funds uh, dispersed under the prepayment, fa prepayment facility uh, were to be repaid by setting off uh, those dispersed funds against the amounts payable under the alumina sales agreement, um, according to the CAP 2021 notes consent solicitation documents. So all funds must be repaid in full by June 30, 2025, the documents also said. Okay, that's a lot of information. So how does that translate into value available to the bonds? Right, so uh, we conducted an asset-by-asset asset analysis, which is available to our subscribers. And without going into too much uh, detail, um, point by point, the bonds are covered under all cases we looked at, with our base case distributable value of around $1.2 billion, uh, when we take all value pockets into account. Uh, not only does this cover the $700 million bond, it also covers the 200 million preference shares, and leave some equity to go up the chain into New Noble to cover the perpetuals issued from there. Actually, aggregating all the value from AssetCo um, translates into about 350 million of value due to the creditor SPV, uh, which is fairly sizable. And we will certainly be following second quarter results of TradeCo uh, to monitor ramp up, um, to, to monitor the ramp up um, at the vehicle and margin development to. Um, to then include the, uh, the, the trade covaluation to our asset covaluation for a full comprehensive overview of how much value is there available to creditor SPV. Again, um, I just want to emphasize the 350 million of value due to creditor SPV is purely from the asset co, and this excludes any value from the trade co. Thanks, Ben. That's all from us at Reorg Europe. We'll be back in two weeks.